Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. Hang on a minute, the dog's making a funny noise. Hang on, I've just got to go and find out what's going on. While Emily's gone, dear listener, This scientific study has no real science base whatsoever. It's purely me being nosy and wanting to get a better understanding of what it's like to be a woman on a daily basis. I don't know what it would be like to play the part of Wonder Woman, for example. However, I also don't know what it would be like to be Wolverine, now I've thought about it. Note to self, maybe I'll investigate that further. Possibly during the summer gives me time to grow my nails. She's coming. Hello. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about woman bits to complement our previous man bits episode. Okay, lovely. Can't wait. Right, to kick off. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> to kick off, uh, how do you feel about women? 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 I can't say the word. How do you feel about women having the vote? Since we finally got rid of the suffragettes, yeah. I think it has gone a little bit better for us having the vote. I don't like the fact that we have so many boxes to choose from because we get distracted because obviously we're breastfeeding and we're usually slightly inebriated on Pinot Grigio from a lunch at David Lloyd. So I would like to see less choices on the voting boxes and possibly a choice of biscuits on offer. But otherwise, I'm happy with the voting process as it stands. Even though with democracy going downhill, President Trump getting in and things like that. Do you feel women could lead the way at saying we're not going to vote? I mean, is there an anti-vote thing coming, do you feel, as a woman? No. Have you ever tried to find a woman that doesn't have an opinion and doesn't want to share it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare take it away. Even if we didn't want to say anything, we'd still want the right to have the right not to say anything. I come from a line of people like my granny and aunties who, if you ask them their opinion on these sort of things, would you go, ooh, don't know. My granny was mad keen on cats. She'd let strays in. The house always smelt a little bit of cats and had a lot of newspaper on the floor. It was always slightly damp, worrying. Was that a source for news for you? <laughs> was that where you got your information? You were like that. It was. I was reading a very interesting article on Gorbachev, but just as I was getting to the crux of it, tiddles, tiddles. <laughs> yeah. It was very much like that in granny's house. My aunties would be the same. And my mother, for example, once, during the news, she was ironing and we were watching the news and she said, how does he know all of this? (laughs) Which I thought was pretty deep, really. I mean, how do they know all of it? Who tells them what the news is? How can they choose what to say? Well, it's obviously Granny's cats. They've been reading up on the floor. Yes. <laughs> so every newsreader has a Persian that just whispers in their ear. Oh. Yeah, tell them, tell them about Gorbachev. It's very interesting. Except I can't work out what's going to happen because Tiddles ruined the punchline. They still call them Persians, or are they Iranians? I think as a cat, I don't think they're geographically bound, are they? No idea. The diet our cats get, they sometimes are bound. <laughs> So you've got no strong views about the vote, really. Do you vote? I do vote. I like the experience of voting. I think women in general spend so much time fighting for the right to vote that actually as a female to then not take up your right to vote seems ungrateful. But I still stand by my comment. If they had biscuits and coffee, they'd get a better turnout. Just a suggestion. Are you allowed to use your own pencil or do you? No, 
No, you have to use a little fat one and a pencil. I just wondered if you ever used lipstick. No, because any self-respecting woman has a handbag of many wonders. The woman's handbag is a treasure trove of nonsensical stuff and practical items. It's a bit like, do you remember the TV series MacGyver? No. If you were ever trapped in the middle of the Persian Gulf and needed to build a raffia mat... You just need a woman there with a handbag. Okay. That's all you need. We have everything we need in our handbags, from <laughs> adjustable ladders to mag lights, a blowtorch, lipstick, tissues. There's always a wide selection of tissues. Sometimes there are mints if you're very lucky, but I can't guarantee they're always in date. There will be sweets of some kind. There will be sanitary items. There will be headache tablets. There might even be a socket wrench. Whoa, that's such a wide range. Oh, and plasters. Don't forget plasters. No, you've got to have those. <laughs> Speaking of mistake, if you forget plasters. Pajamas. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Graham. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm a man. I've got a clue. Step too far. The innards of a woman's handbag. I've no idea. Clueless. Say Jill's lost her car keys. She's been to a swingers party, you mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Graham, they fell out of my hand and into that glass bowl again <laughs> when we were at that party with people we didn't know <laughs> she's never admitted to it <laughs> but you have come away with some quite nice cars i'll say oh i'll look are you sure you've checked your handbag properly because sometimes you can look and not see things and she will say oh well you have a look for me mm, probably in a lay-by somewhere <laughs> On to question two, then. Really? Can you not count? That's been about five. No, no, that was that was only one. Well, how do you feel about women having the vote? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a double question, really. Bras. OK, did you want one? <laughs> do you believe a bra is for women only? And what other uses has it got? Oh, that's a brilliant question. That is a really, really good question. So we have used bras as fancy dress items when we've needed to go as the cone heads um, because Chris is quite heavy set in the bust department. Uh -huh. We have had an incident actually where she put her bra out to dry and the cat fell asleep in one of the cups. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that gives you an idea. Bras at school were quite good. You could ping someone with a bra and it would really hurt. Wow, I bet it... Oh, I can imagine that. Yeah, because you've got the metal clasps. So like, Ooh. really do damage. I know, why is there not a superhero that flings their bra at people? That's like David and Goliath. Probably he used a bra on the slingshot. Yeah, exactly. Probably got Goliath with a metal clip and the bra strap. <laughs> but you'd never hear that, would you? They'd never, they'd never say the famous David, as in the Bible, was actually using his bra. You know, he's a cross-dresser. That would not be allowed. I'd love that. I'd love to see a superhero that was played by Pamela Anderson that brought criminals to justice by using her double E bra, slapping them down with it. <laughs> Shouldn't that be a double she bra, for equality's sake? <laughs> no, double E is big. Is it? E is big. I know very little about bras. Yeah, yeah, that's weighty. You could take somebody down with a double E bra. Not only that, you could probably imprison them in it too. Well, you can get imprisoned in department stores when you're looking to buy lingerie for your wife and you're there mm. perusing in the bra section and the lady comes up and goes, can I help you? So I say something like, oh, I'm looking for a bra. And she looks you up and down with a look like, really? Now, if I'm in a department store in the bra section and a woman approaches me, I just run. <laughs> I was going to say, wouldn't you prefer it that they say really rather than go, yes, I thought you could probably use a bra. I've got you down as a C cup. <laughs> well, that's appropriate since I come from Grimsby. All things to do with the C. Yo, ho, ho. <laughs>
<laughs> That'd be terrible. I love the fact you're really on the ball with all these sizes, double E's, C's. How many sizes are there, for goodness sake? Oh, there are hundreds. There are hundreds. No. Yeah, no, there are loads. It starts at A, which is basically just a half vest. At an A, you could probably just get away with wearing a vest, really. You're flat-chested. There are blokes with more boob than you are today. C is your average, C to D. And then if you get to E's, F's, G's and doubles, that's into the back pain side of things where people oh. have, have surgery to reduce. Ow. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, yeah. ouch. Boobs are a definite hindrance sometimes. What did women do before the bra? I think they just clapped themselves using their own breasts every time they jumped. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what about man boobs? Yeah. Moobs. Moobs. Should men be wearing bras, in your opinion? Well, I think there are some instances where we've all been at the local swimming pool or at the beach. You know, my daughter has noted a few men and said he could probably do with a bra. That'd be appropriation. You do anything and somebody says you're appropriating that. So as a man, I wouldn't dare be seen wearing a bra because women well, might say you're copying us. Well, it takes some time to get used to as well. Really? Yeah. When you first start wearing a bra, it does not feel natural at all because it's got to hold you in. It's got to be supportive. Okay. You go from being flat chested to suddenly having boobs and needing to wear a bra and there are straps around your shoulders and there's straps around your back and your middle and it all feels quite constrictive when you start. So it's not just something to be looked at. It's not so you couldn't have a spray-on bra? No, it's to keep the breast tissue up okay. and supported so that basically you don't end up with puppy's ears and your nipples on your knees. So if Banks is listening to this, ditch the idea of having a template spray-on bra because it ain't going anywhere. There is nothing worse than walking past a woman whose boobies are on her tummy because they shouldn't be there. <laughs> they need to be up, up and high, out and proud. As Davina McCall says, hoike up the puppies. It's all fun and games when you're young and they stay in the right position. But as you get older and you lose tissue and muscle mass, and all of a sudden you find you can tuck them into the top of your knickers, just self-respect, ladies. Get a good bra. Treat yourself. It's the one thing you shouldn't scrimp on. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. I'm sure a lot of men are now much better informed about bras. Here's something closer to your heart, perhaps, than a bra. No, no, the bra's probably as close to your heart as these questions are going to get. <laughs> thinking a bit <laughs> deeper about it. This is a question about F1 racing. Okay. How come there are so few women involved in the driving bit of it? I can't imagine as many involved in the mechanics bit either. You love driving. I know Jill loves driving. Loads more women like driving than me. I don't particularly like it. And then I look at Formula One and none of you are there. What's going on? Because we don't see it as a challenge. No? See, women are very, very good at driving around in circles at <laughs> speed. So we do it round Sainsbury's car park. Ah, oh, that's where the crop things come from, is it? I've seen aerial photographs of what you lot have been up to then in the field. So we do the school run, which is the same run every time, time and time again. So life for us when we drive is often a bit like going around in circles, like a big F1 race. So we just don't see the point in it. Now, if you said, can you drive from central London, Oxford Street all the way to Monaco? We'd be like the clappers because we know there's a shop at each end. <laughs> but if you ask us to go in circles, we're like that. Well, I do that every day. There's no challenge for me there. I tell you, if they put a wine bar at the end and said, after you've done 47 laps, you can stop and have half a bottle of Pinot Grigio, women would be winning every time. <laughs> do you see the future of Formula One having shopping centre stops rather than pit stops? Well, if it was sponsored by Westfield, to me, it would make an awful lot of sense. You could whiz round in your circles. You could pick up your click and collect as you went. 
You could maybe try some perfume samples as they spray it through the open top of the car. <laughs> you could also go through a drive through McDonald's. This is the thing. Women can multitask. Lewis Hamilton has to just focus on going round in circles. I could do that job. I could have picked up the dinner for the kids. I could have picked up my shopping. I could have got my dry cleaning. By the time I got to the finish line, I would be behind everyone else because my car would be weighed down because I'd managed to multitask. So... How do you think about equality? I think that's a really, really good question, Graham. So how do I feel about equality? My favourite equality street is the Golden Penny. Um, and then second, I like the <laughs> strawberry cream. <laughs> so, OK. I think it's important that men and women have the same access to any type of chocolate that they like. <laughs> When it comes down to equality, I hate men as much as I hate women. Yeah. So if I don't like someone, it doesn't come into account what your sex is or your colour of your skin or your sexual preference or anything like that. If you're irritating, you're irritating. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> That's interesting because medical conditions, to me, seem to outweigh descriptions of whether you're male or female. But it's funny how very few people get diagnosed with being irritating. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, I do think it is potentially a national pandemic waiting to happen. <laughs> you, you think so? Do you think stupidity is on the climb then? Do you think that could be pinned at the mail? No, 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 no. Matt Hancock is getting us a vaccine for that. He's already told me. But, yeah. <laughs> there seem to be a lot of men in government at the moment. How do you feel about that? I'm glad you've asked me that, Graham, because I did notice that there are a lot of men in government Men who are synonymous with not washing their hands necessarily as much as they should. So I did find it slightly ironic when all of the male members of the cabinet came on one by one onto the television to tell us to wash our hands and keep our space and distance. And then one by one, they all got COVID. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? And how do you feel about, you know, when Margaret Thatcher became prime minister, people said, oh, it's great to have a woman finally in power. And a lot of people said especially women, said, she's not a woman. I don't want her representing my sex. She's more of a man than the men will ever be. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that's just put about by men who can't bear the thought of a woman in power? I think if you are a firm female, people can often compare you to being a firm man. But, you know, she was obviously a woman. She had giant hair. Yeah. She had the handbag and the skirt and the lovely, sensible, but high-heeled shoes. In fact, she was the queen of the women because not only did she have... Everything she needed in her handbag, such as a pop-up torch and some sheet metal. But she also had things hidden in her hair because there was plenty of extra storage space for that as well. And a wrench. Yeah, easily, easily. She probably had a block of flats in there. It was so roomy. <laughs> How do you feel about makeup and hairdressing and things like that, which men are getting more and more into do you think it's a con or do you think no makeup's really important and hairdressing's really important? We've all been conned, haven't we? How do you feel about that? No, makeup and hairdressing is essential. <laughs> the experience of going to the hairdressers is like a rite of passage for a female. Yeah. You go, you get condescended at by an underage girl that's been to school for about five minutes. She makes you a ropey coffee and then tells you about her love life in gratuitous detail. <laughs> 
you sit there <laughs> wishing the time away as quickly as possible. And every time you go, which is typically once every six weeks, you think, why the hell have I come back to see this woman again when she's not very good? And I really don't care if she thinks Jason has a wonky bitsy bobs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I care if she's asking an open-ended question such as, are you going anywhere nice on your holidays? Just as a luring insight into the fact that she's going to Tenerife next week and is desperate to tell you all about it. In these posh salons, it's funny that they'll say to you as they're washing your hair, is the temperature all right for you? And I once had such a hopeless person washing my hair. First it was freezing cold, and then it went the other way, it was scalding my scalp. Eventually I just said... That's fine. I just thought it's easier to suffer than keep trying to reassure her that she's got control of the tap. You can't help but wonder, why didn't she just put her hand under and check the temperature herself? Oh, it's when they start giving you a head massage, which is basically the equivalent of them trying to squeeze your entire cranium. <laughs> or they're slapping their oversized palms across the top of your forehead and saying, is this massage relaxing? And you're going, no, it's like you're just trying to hit me to death by the forehead. <laughs> And you can tell they've not really paid attention during the scalp massage piece of the training that they're on. And you say to them, how's your training going? And they said, well, I've had to stop going. In fact, I've only attended two weeks courses and you have to go, oh, really? I barely could tell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, what's the value of makeup to women? Because surely each person looks beautiful in their own right. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I believe the children of the future. Is this what we're doing now? Are we being, <laughs> like, ridiculously optimistic? <laughs> makeup is nature's way of giving women the upper hand. It is camouflage. It is, I've got sun damage. I smoked for 25 years. I have wrinkles. I have a birthmark that looks like a swastika and I need to cover it up. So thank goodness someone created some makeup. <laughs> See, in a war zone, <laughs> men put like black paint on their faces. So in everyday war zone, the female of the species lures the men in and sometimes the same sex in by camouflaging what they really look like. Because otherwise, in a lot of instances, they would never get the opportunity to mate. <laughs> But I'd, I'd have thought in the old days, you know, the Greek mythology, the, the woman would have just poked the man's eyes out. Wouldn't that have the same effect? Well, we did, you know, we did, we did try and encourage people just to go a little bit greener and go for a balaclava. But apparently some ladies felt it ruined their hair. And as they'd spent so much time at the Jeff in hairdressers listening to Stacey's love life, they thought, no, <laughs> masks are doing a wonder, though. Masks are brilliant because it means you only have to do your eyebrows. <laughs> OK, this one is about adjectives. Women are sometimes described, she's a pretty woman, and men, oh, he's a strong man. You could test that, couldn't you? You'd say, lift 20 kilos, and they can or they can't. But pretty, what on earth does that mean? Eye of the beholder and all that stuff. I think adjectives are used as a passive-aggressive code to describe negative elements so a bubbly woman is fat. A pretty woman is either slightly hoary, like the film, or just above par when it comes to aesthetics. Right. If you said someone was really pretty, then they're actually genuinely attractive. If you just go with pretty, then it means if they dress up, they don't make you want to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but you can have a pretty man. It's hardly ever applied to men. Yes, it is. No, no, no. Not out in public. Oh, I've called men pretty. Yeah, but we're talking about usual people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hello, pretty man. I see you over there, pretty man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't do that. That's more something like out of League of Gentlemen. Look at that pretty man. <laughs> it's a little bit. <laughs> it's not not the way people talk about men normally. <laughs> but I do think certain men are pretty. Certain men are pretty. So Cole Sprouse from Riverdale is pretty. Justin Bieber was pretty until he tattooed himself up so he looked like a con man. You can use the words. You can say that woman's strong. No one, no one says that woman is strong unless she's on one of the monster games where they've got muscles the size of a planet. Perhaps a deodorant advert at the start of it. <laughs> Call that woman strong. Use new... <laughs> Use our new deodorant and they won't describe you as strong. Oh, look at her. She's strong and airy. You know, up north, they'd, she'd, be, she'd be right in. Oh, we invite her around for a drink. Whereas down in the south, I think strong and airy are not adjectives that a lady would aspire to hear about herself. I think there are certain adjectives like tall woman. Yeah, tall. That can sometimes be taken as a detrimental thing because women aren't supposed to be tall because, of course, women are supposed to be smaller than men. So if it's a tall woman, you think of like, I don't know, a giant, <laughs> for example. But that's changed, hasn't it? Because women are getting taller and the next generation seems to be getting taller. And at some point or another, when we start to shrink... Everyone's taller than us. But tall is an adjective used for men or women. I see what you mean, though. It's almost a put-down if you call a woman tall. Yeah, whereas for a man, it's a compliment. If you're a tall woman, sometimes it can be a bit, oh, does that mean she's scary? So what about other adjectives, though? I've said pretty, which you think men can be described as pretty, yeah. but they're not usually. I do. Who's a pretty man? <laughs> already pronouns are being taken over by gender, aren't they? Whether you're he, she or they we're changing what a pronoun means. Do you think there's a need for adjectives to be looked at? No. no? I think we should just go back to good old-fashioned insults. <laughs> Smelly woman, tall woman, hairy woman, miserable woman, <laughs> face like thunder woman. <laughs> OK. Yeah. A good set of adjectives there to kick people off. Again, I would like to see face like Thunder Woman being the next superhero and maybe she could go out with the Brasslinger. <laughs> and then we have a whole host of brand new female role models to look up to. If you were a foreign language teacher, you could uh, really teach them a lot about adjectives, couldn't you? If you were saying, and you describe women in this way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hairy woman. <laughs> Hairy woman. <laughs> Flabby woman. When Jill and I were on holiday, I think we were, it was in Turkey, and the man behind the bar was dead keen to check out his English on us. Different tourists had been teaching him, and all of the English he knew were short phrases from Only Fools and Horses, Del Boy, Lovely Jubbly, uh, Bonnet de Douche. I'm thinking perhaps you could go over there and teach them a bit more English with your female adjectives. I'd be happy to give them some female adjectives like, you know, hello, miserable lady, what would you like? <laughs> Cheering up? <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Do you think women are more caring than men? Oh, I don't give a toss, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> This is a valid question, actually, because my dad said to me, now I have two brothers, and he made a point of saying to me that I was going to be his carer. Yeah. 
<laughs> when I was older, which was nice because at that time I only had important aspirations like being a rocket scientist. So it was nice to be grounded. <laughs> so he automatically assumed that I would be the one that would take care of him as he'd get older. And my two brothers might possibly leave him by the side of a road somewhere. And lo and behold, <laughs> that did actually transpire, which saved me from having to be his carer. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> no, sadly, that was wishful thinking. You know, however, if you try and drown a puppy, we might say something. But if it's just you and you've got a cold, don't come snivelling to me. Get a box of tissues and deal with it. <laughs> so puppies, yeah. I noticed earlier on you said that the bra was to protect your puppies or something. Is there any <laughs> anything in this? We are very protective over puppies in general as a species. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 30 years ago, a nurse was definitely a female in most people's imagination. If somebody had a male nurse, they'd go, oh, oh, a male nurse. Oh, that's not right. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, people accept that nurses can be either one. But is that the basis, do you think, behind a feeling that women are more caring than men? Yes, there is a misconception that women, the fairer sex, are more caring than men. But really... We're just very good at faking it. We don't care. We really don't care. You could suffocate on your own sick and it wouldn't make any difference to us whatsoever. <laughs> oh, that's such a, a wonderful caring attitude. <laughs> Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. If you liked it, tell a friend or rate and review the podcast. That will help others find us. Thanks.